1: again. We're so thankful that you're here. Happy Easter. Thank you for being a part of celebrating Resurrection Sunday with us. If you weren't able to be here last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we did. We celebrated the journey of the last week, thank you, in the the life of Jesus. And it was, we had a chance to spend some time walking through those final days. It started with the triumphal entry of Jesus. He entered into the city, to the town, to to palm branches and coats being laid out as he, as he uh, triumphantly walked in, praising and celebrating and singing and worshiping of the people. But there was a sadness in Jesus because he knew what was to come. He knew that that would not last. He knew that they would eventually turn on him. But nonetheless, he went through with it because it was the plan. And we, then we talked about the fact that he had called out his disciples to join him for a, a meal, what would be called the Last Supper, and they gathered around that table. And, and in that moment, as he sat at the table, he looked into the eyes of those that would betray him. But it was okay, because it was part of the plan. And he eventually asked a couple of them to go with him to the garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. There he prayed for this to to be passed over from him if it were his father's will, but it was not. It was to be. Judas did what Judas needed to do as part of the plan. The soldiers eventually arrested Jesus. They all ran. He was taken to trial, found guilty, hung on a cross, crucified, and then put into a carved-out opening in a rock wall owned by Joseph, and a stone was put over that opening, and there he lay. At the end of service last week, I posed this question, and it was, what if? What if that was the end of Easter? What if Easter never actually came? What if Jesus was just this really kind, loving man? This teacher, this prophet-type person who went around from city to city, town to town, sharing good things, encouraging things, loving things, tricking people, convincing them that what he was doing was actually some sort of a miracle, but it was really just sort of a magic trick of some kind. The story of him being born of a virgin woman was really just a legend that kind of got out of control. What if he was just a good man that died and stayed dead. So the question that I've been wrestling with this week is this. How would my life be different if Easter never came? How would my marriage be different if Easter never came? How would my kids, my family, how would your job, how would your friendships, How would your volunteerism, how would your social activities be different if Easter never came? Would your coffee taste the same? Would your favorite restaurant still be the same one it is today? Would you be different if Easter never came? Beyond salvation for the world, beyond the rescuing of humanity for now and for always, beyond the once and for all conquering of death, beyond all those incredible things, Easter has something else to teach us. And that is this. Easter was a faith process. The story of Easter teaches us how to grow in our faith. I want to spend the next few minutes reading through the different accounts and different moments and different aspects of the story Of Easter. And I want you to see if you can see the Easter process happening. I truly believe that Easter was built on the foundation of doubt. Jesus was surrounded by doubt, by disbelief, by uncertainty. Many of them wanted him to die, and so there was, of course, doubt. They hoped it wouldn't happen. They hoped that he wouldn't come back to life. That's what they wanted. There were others that wanted the opposite. They desperately wanted him to rise from the dead. They wanted to believe. They hoped that he would. But we'll read there was a lot of doubt surrounding Jesus. In Matthew 28 it says this, these last few words, but some doubted. In Luke 24, verse 11, it specifically says this, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. In Luke 24, there in verse 19, it says, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Luke 24, specifically verse 38, he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds? In verse 41, it says, and while they still did not believe. We all know the story of our friend doubting Thomas. This is what doubting Thomas said. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Easter began on the foundation of doubt by most everyone who was there. Whether they hoped he would rise or not, most all of them doubted he would. And out of doubt, within so many of us, 2,000 years ago and today in this room, in Allen, Texas, in 2022, fear arises out of doubt. We are afraid of what we do not know, what we do not understand, and that is so often what doubt is. The power of Easter was birthed out of the idea that doubt existed and fear manifested itself out of that deer. Out of that doubt. Our doubt, our disbelief, was truly the foundation for which Easter came. The greater our doubt, the more power lives in Easter. Their doubt was no different than our doubt. Their fear 2,000 years ago was no different than our fear today. In Matthew 28, there's several examples. In verse 4, it says, The guards were so afraid they shook. In verse 5, the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. In verse 8 of 28, they said, uh, So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. In verse 10 of 28, then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Mark 16, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. In Luke 24, 5, in their fright, the women bowed down. Luke 24:37 they were frightened. Fear has and will always exist within our world, within humanity. However, because of Easter, we have the opportunity to move out of that fear. Our fear does not have the ability to hold us hostage anymore. Church, it's often way scarier to believe and not to believe. It's a crazy story. The story of Easter is crazy. It makes so much sense to just not believe that it actually happened. Fear is not where we shall stay. It's not where we should live. We must no longer see our fear as something to be afraid of, but something to embrace as part of the Easter process. Our doubt and our fear has been released to set us free, to truly have faith. Because of Resurrection Sunday, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the fact that he conquered all things, including death, the invitation to move forward into the third phase of the process is faith. Choosing with certainty something you are sure of, yet you cannot see or understand. Faith was something that those closest to Jesus, those followers of his were very much trying to grow. It was a muscle they were trying to develop. And as long as he was around, they were really pretty good. They were okay. As long as Christ was with them by their side, their faith was big. It was bold. It was courageous. But the moment that he was gone, the immaturity of their faith, the youthfulness of their faith, even the weakness of their faith was very, very evident. Sometimes that's pretty similar to how we are. When things are going good, when Christ feels right next to us, my faith feels strong. When life is okay and there's no pain or there's no hurt, and I sense God's presence in my life, my faith is good. Out of doubt, often comes a fear. And out of that fear, we have an opportunity to create faith. Listen to Matthew 28. The woman hurried away to tell the disciples, suddenly Jesus met them And they collapsed at his feet and worshiped him. Luke 24, 6. He is not here. He's risen, remember? He told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners and be crucified on the third day and rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all those things to the eleven and to the others. Luke 24, 51. When they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. The faith was growing. It was manifesting itself, but they had just been afraid. But after experiencing Easter, their fear turned into faith. Listen to the words in the encounter that Mary Magdalene had with Jesus in John twenty. She stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. They asked, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is this you are looking for? Thinking he was just the gardener, he said, sir, She said, sir, if you've carried him away, just tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Then in verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned toward him and cried out, teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with this news and said, I have seen the Lord and it's hard to forget the words of doubting thomas after he touched the scars after he felt jesus's side he said in john 20:28 20, my lord my god church that's the faith that came out of the fear that was manifested in the doubts of the process of easter Do you hear it? Do you hear the movement of the people as the Easter story unfolded? This is the power of Easter. Our doubt in life so often evokes within us fear and anxiety, worry, and concern. But the promise of Easter fulfilled gives us the opportunity to turn that that fear into faith. But here's the beautiful thing. That's not where it stops, because out of that faith came the fourth part of the process of Easter, and it was what the people couldn't help but do when their faith was once again fulfilled out of their doubt and out of their fear. Their faith had no choice. It had to create a celebratory hope that they shared with each other and anyone they came in contact with. The fourth part of the process of Easter is this, hope. Matthew 28:18 And Jesus said to them with all authority in heaven and on earth which has been given to me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and listen to this church this is hope and surely I am with you always to the very end Of the age. Do you hear the hope in that? Your faith is one thing, but what Jesus, the man who hung on that cross, the man who breathed his last breath, who died, who was put into a tomb, and who arose again on the third day and conquered death, said, I will be with you always. How can you not go tell somebody about that kind of hope? In John 28 29, Then Jesus said to Thomas, our friend doubting Thomas, Because you've seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus. That man, again. He said, Thomas, I'm really proud of you for believing. You had the benefit of getting to see me, to touch the scars, to touch the side, but blessed are those who've not seen me. Church, that's us. That's every person who's ever come since him. That is a blessing from the Savior on your faith evolving into a hope that only comes in him. And then I can't help but finish out a time like this without the prophetic words that Jesus spoke to his friend Nicodemus in John 3.16. Most all of you are familiar with them. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Listen to this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Church, I don't want us to be a people that is scared of living in the what if of life. Because Friday and Saturday, 2,000 years ago, they lived in the what if. What if he doesn't rise from the grave? What if he doesn't come back to save us? What if? And you and I live in the what if every day. What if this, fill in the blank. But what if this doesn't, or what if this does, church, we have to be okay living in the what if. The Easter story tells us the what if is okay. The Easter story tells us that it was built on the foundation of doubt. And out of doubt was birthed this terrible thing called fear. But out of that fear, the resurrection of Jesus Christ created a faith within people that they celebrated with hope more than they could ever possibly imagine. Do not let your doubt or the doubt of people around you Do not let your fear or the fear of people around you intimidate you, offend you or scare you. Lean into people's doubt. Lean into your own fear. It was part of the Easter plan. God created it that way, that we would doubt, that we would be afraid. But Resurrection Sunday said, you don't stop there at fear. We get to have faith and we get to live in the hope of Jesus Christ. It was the Easter process. It's the way it had to be. To fully and completely understand the gift of Easter, you must realize that Easter was truly a planned process, a perfectly planned and implemented process by our God and our Savior Jesus Christ. This was no accident. Yes, the story was about a man who died on a cross and was put in a grave, and a stone was rolled away, and he rose on the third day. But it was about us and our doubt. It was about teaching us to lean into our fear. It was about allowing our fear to be something that we conquered in our faith. And it was about our faith growing into this thing we call hope. That's the story of Easter. So back to my original question. How would you be different? How would your life be different if Easter never came? The simple answer for me is, I can't even imagine how different it would be. I can't even fathom how different it would be. But you know what? Here's the thing. None of us can. Because if you believe that Easter actually came, or you don't believe Easter actually came, your life was forever changed because the hope that came through Jesus Christ was for all. So whether you acknowledge Easter or not, your life is different because of the hope in Jesus Christ. So the world is forever changed because of Easter. Our doubt creates a fear and that is, can only grow into faith through the gift of Easter. And that gift is only fully realized in the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. Pray with me, please. Father, you are a good, good God. So much more than we ever deserved. God, thank you for Easter. Thank you for loving us enough to step down into this mess of a world that we created and and loving us in spite of and despite the craziness that we have caused and created. Jesus, thank you for humbly hanging on a cross and dying for us, enduring the pain and the suffering that you did and rising on the third day and giving us our faith, a hope, and a celebration that we couldn't possibly ever accomplished on our own. Thank you for the plan of Easter. Thank you for the ability to doubt. Thank you for the fact that it's okay to be afraid. But thank you for not leaving us there. Thank you for giving us the hope and the faith that came along thereafter. God, thank you for Easter. And it is in the name of your son and our savior, Jesus Christ, that we do believe that the tomb was empty.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.